Viking hot takes. Minnesota Vikings are one and one after a bad Monday night loss in Philadelphia. Eric, how you doing, man? I was doing a lot better about 24 hours ago. Well, maybe even before that, because the game was already kicked off by then. But uh, yeah, it's the the Vikings are still technically winning the division. Yay! Hey, we're <laughs> we're one and one, right? We're one and one, equal good and bad. Maybe we shouldn't overreact, but. Hey, the name of this show is Viking Hot Take, so y'all tune in and let's light this team on fire. Let's do it. Let's do it. What's your take? Let's go a Viking on Viking Hot Takes. It's a simple equation. Kirk Cousins plus primetime equals a loss. That's just basic math. But here's some more math, Eric. We've got six questions, 20 minutes. Are you ready to hop in? I I guess so. I mean, we got to get that bad taste out of our mouths. Let's do it. (laughs) Let's do it. All right. Put it on the clock, Dave. We're going to start with the first question here, talking about the Eagles game. Eric, were these just growing pains we saw last night a sign of things to come? Or do you think this is just one bad game? Uh, Well, you have to – yes, it's a bad game. It was a terrible game on just about every front. That first half, I mean, they allowed – the defense allowed – uh, almost 350 yards. I think it was like 346 or something like that. Still ended up with over, mm-hmm. uh, well over 400 yards allowed. It was, mm-hmm. and, and the, the lack of adjustments, they weren't there. I mean, uh, O'Connell basically said that he and the staff were out coached, and uh, you won't get any arguments from me because it just didn't seem like there were any adjustments on the de- defensive side of the ball. A couple improvements on the second half there, but again, you know, when the, the Eagles are cruising, maybe they didn't have their foot all the way on the gas. And it, that was an alarming. It just seemed like, well, this worked last week against the Packers. We kept everything in front of us. Let's try it again. What what could possibly go mm-hmm. wrong? And the Eagles took exactly that. I mean, um, uh, if you could see they they took what worked for the Packers, all the stuff in the slants and the flats, and they just kind of accentuated it with Jalen Hurts' legs. And of course, uh, the offense didn't do themselves any favors either. And, you know, that's, I think the Vikings probably got a little fortunate in week one and they played, you know, when they were well in control of the game, I think the game plan worked really well. But I mean, last night was almost the exact opposite, almost to the score. I mean, down to, it was, we, yeah. the Vikings won 23 exactly. to seven. They lost 24 to seven. It was within a point. Um, and, and again, I'm not, I'm never, I'm not going to say that it was all Kirk Cousins fault. You know, this is where I'm going to blame everything because I'm a Kirk Cousins hater and all that stuff. No, it was a really a true team effort of ineptitude. There was, there were things to point out just about everywhere, but games like this the, that he played, especially in the second half with those three really bad interceptions. Well, the first one you could probably put on Jefferson. I think he kind of did, but the last two off his back foot, just kind of desperation heaves. I mean, that's what his mm-hmm. detractors can mm-hmm. always point to. And especially when it has that equation, like you said at the top, the prime time on the road against a good team. And he stunk out loud the second half. The, they had a couple chances to get back into that game inexplicably. I mean, the, the, Eagles they just didn't put the take them. Yeah, and, and it just wasn't yeah. there. They had four chances in the red zone, or within the, I think within thir- the thirty-yard line, and zero points out of it. That's that's the bottom line. They, it, both team or both sides of the ball were much too uh, terrible to uh, to you know it, to win that game. 
But going forward, they're going to have to learn from it. They're going to have to make adjustments. Donatel just can't sit in these shells and these zones, even though it's probably a little beneficial to a lot of his personnel to do that more often than than under the Zimmer defense. You have to keep them guessing. And the the Eagles, to their credit on offense, kept the Vikings guessing left and right on offense. And they they, they didn't get really anything going until the second half. So um, a little both. Hopefully it's just more of a, an anomaly than a sign of what's to come. Yeah, you know, I think you laid it out well. See that, Eric, you always got the numbers to back it up. I'm not going to lie. I don't have any numbers from this game. All I have is my eyes, and my eyes are pretty concerned that these are growing pains. And I'm specifically looking on the defensive side of the ball. That defensive unit was 27th in the NFL in scoring last year, and it's just not good. Sure, they made some upgrades. They brought in a Jordan Hicks. They brought in the Zadarius Smith, but that's not enough to cover up for what might be the worst secondary in the league and a secondary that is going to continue to struggle as they continue to play a bunch of good wide receivers and quarterbacks because those guys are just throughout the NFL. So I think we're due for one of these games, maybe three or four more times this season. Hopefully it's not on the road against a great opponent, but that defense really worries me. The only really solution we have is to maybe get some young guys involved and they're going to have to learn on the field. They're going to be they're going to show growing pains as well. So it's growing pains for me. Maybe it's just not the Super Bowl contender we thought we were after being one and up. Yeah, it's funny how week one kind of uh, it, it's it maybe is a little false uh, positive for for that, but yeah, I mean I, we we got both uh, extremes that's for sure. All right, my first question yeah. for you mm-hmm. after such a terrible evening, were there any positives to come out of Monday night's game? I'm interested in your answer here. Uh, the short answer is no. I'm not going to reach and say, oh, the punter was nice, or oh, we only had one penalty. They should have had a lot more penalties, like. Like, not try to knock somebody out. Bother Jalen Hurts enough to get a penalty on him. I'm not cheering for injury, but no penalties is not a positive. I mean, the offensive scheme sucked. JJ got locked down. Dalvin Cook was bad. The tight ends dropped a ton of passes. They didn't target Adam Thielen. The defensive scheme sucked. Cameron Dantzler got benched. Wide open guys running down the field. They couldn't tackle Jalen Hurts. There were no actual positives to come out of this game. And anybody trying to say that, oh, there are some positives, is just reaching, man. Admit they sucked, and let's see them recover from a bad loss rather than trying to make this loss not so bad. Fair. I'm still giving the special teams props. That was good. The punt, Ryan Wright was good. He was good. He had five punts, averaged 50 yards, and his net punt, I don't, I can't remember what exactly what his net punting average was, had three punts inside the 20. He had a basically, you know, those old uh, Madden coffin corner drills. Remember that when you used to have the, the rings? He had like a 500-point punt there. That was, it was great. But that's it. You, you get outside, the, like we already covered both pretty well, and you, you, you listed off a laundry list, and that's just the beginning, I mean, of yeah. both offense and defense. There were a lot of bad areas, but special teams is overall pretty good. Greg Joseph made his one extra point. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, maybe you could say, well, I mean, the block field goal is pretty nice, that P2 coming across there. But, okay, we got to talk about the, the block field goal quick. Like, Chris okay, Boyd. Let's talk about Randall, what, what do you run a what do you run a four four five or something like that? Like a four four something, I think, in the yeah, combine. Yeah. 
and he's like a track. He got like second in state in the 100 meters in 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 high school. How do you get caught by the punter? Like I, I know he that's had a little bit of a running experience. Yeah, I mean that dude. Oh, that was it was. That's I, what I, I'm uh, trying to say is every yeah, good yeah. moment was countered by a bad moment. Cameron it was almost immediately drive, and then yep. and then let up a huge touchdown. Irv Smith caught a touchdown pass and then dropped another touchdown pass. Uh, you know, we block a field goal and then we can't even return it. We intercept the ball and we can't get any points out of that drive. So there's no positives for me. I don't care about the punter. Every, you're, you're 100% right that every positive was canceled out immediately, almost by a name. Immediately. But shout, shout to Aaron Sipos, their punter. He's like Australian rules football guy. Maybe you need one of those. He's a good tackler. <laughs> Eric, how many player, how many elite players does Minnesota have? This is a great question, and I, I had to think about it a little bit. And I think there's only one that you'll get zero debate from everyone, and that's Justin Jefferson. Okay. He's, I mean, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you can argue whether he's one, two, three. I mean, but if you drop him out of the top five, you're insane. Like he, he is absolutely, yeah. he is the cream of the crop, and when it comes to wide receiver, no doubt about that. I mean, but after that. Everything is debatable. I think personally, I would still consider Daniil Hunter in there. He hasn't had a great start to the season. He was, he was surprisingly quiet mm-hmm. last night. I thought, like I thought, he got shut down pretty well. Um, had a couple of nice rushes and a couple of moves, but they they out schemed him. Um, but you know, I think he's still there. But it, I mean, if he keeps his kind of being quiet, and maybe his best years are a little behind him, and he has he isn't in that top tier of pass rushers. I mean, he's not at the the you know pre-pectoral injury uh jg watt level because those guys you know there are a couple of players that are definitely getting the, the quarterback more often than him but i mean i guess it, it feels weird but you could probably call brian o'neill an elite right tackle just because if you look at the combination of you know who what right tackles in the league would you take over him like due to his dependability his health his durability and age and uh yeah dave's saying you know maybe uh harrison yeah. smith because i'm wearing his hat still a very okay. good still one of the better safeties but i i think we can all kind of admit he, he makes sweet hats i mean he's got a he's got a career uh after football for sure him and unreal can uh can they can keep on designing clothes but i think that's uh maybe a little fast and you know and of course maybe ryan Wright after last night he's a leap <laughs> wow i just gotta, wow. I just gotta so, keep giving the special teams props i gotta what, find what is i'm that? a positive guy <laughs> what that that's five four elite players five elite players yeah. I mean, but only one guaranteed. Yeah. You could you could argue both sides of it. Yeah, but again, I, I like the question because it calls in the question. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you need blue chippers to win in the NFL, and the Vikings might not have a ton. They have a pretty good overall team, but if you're going to be in that upper echelon, I don't think they're there yet. So you didn't mention Dalvin Cook. Yeah, I, uh, you can probably throw him in there too. But I'm I'm still upset with him after last night. He was he had he had a poor, <laughs> poor game last night. See, I, I, again, this is when we're doing this the right after the game. The, the emotions are still raw. You didn't mention Eric Kendricks. Ah, uh, still one of the best coverage guys in like side to side. It, I don't know. He's like I think I mean when you have someone like Micah Parsons in the league now, like it it it's a different you know kind of echelon in there and and again these are all yeah you can definitely mention them too but yeah like there's yeah there's only I, one I would people are people are starting to talk about Micah Parsons as you know the second best defensive player in the league right now behind Aaron Donald so here we are all of a sudden we look old on both sides yeah. of the ball at some key positions and that's that's a little concerning to me I think that goes back to my my first question these might be 
this might be more than one bad game. Let's go to the next question. All right. So after we were two weeks in here, what is one personnel change that you would make for the Vikings after the first two games? Uh, there's a lot of options here. I'm not going to steal all of them because I think you've got a couple. I'm, I'm sure you have a couple options on the defensive side of the ball. I'm going to go offense and simply okay. say more 11 personnel. Please, Kevin O'Connell, you came here from the Rams. You won a Super Bowl with the Rams. They ran 11 personnel 90% of the time. And all of a sudden, you're trying to switch to more two tight end sets because you have Johnny Munt and Irv Smith Jr. coming off a, 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 a torn ligament in his leg. No, stop it. You know we've got K.J. Osborne. You know we've got Adam Thielen next to Justin Jefferson. Use those guys. Use more 11 personnel and and have faith in that system. Be a little bit more like the Rams, please. Stop trying to do your own thing. Stop trying to get all cute with these running back screens and these and these tight end deep balls. Just go with the wide receivers and run your offense out of that set. What do you think? Yeah, I think that makes some good points. And I mean, uh, our our old pal that used to work for Star Tribune, Master Tisfazi, and he uh, he had a great. Tweet I had to retweet last night. It looked like Adam Thielen was just out there getting a cardio workout yesterday for until the fourth <laughs> quarter. Like get get the dude involved. Like get Osborne. What, what does Osborne have like forty yards so far this year? Like get, I, run yeah, that eleven. I mean, design play design strengths. plays for them. Yeah, play yep. your strengths. Yep. And so, but I will. I'll touch quickly on one. I think the the personnel change that a lot of people, including myself, were kind of uh, barking for last night is you know they drafted that safety Lewis Seen. You know, again, I get it, he was out week one, and maybe he's coming back a little slowly. He got one defensive snap yesterday, and, and again, like and Bynum, yeah. you could debate on um, you know the long touchdown that they gave up to Watkins last night. It looked like it was might have actually been on Dantzler, and that might have been one of the reasons that Dantzler got pulled in favor of Evans to, uh, in the second half was it looks like uh, one was expecting cover four and the other was uh, expecting cover two. Either way, uh, Bynum, the, the, I, the, I hate the, 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 what was it? Hertz's second touchdown. Bynum got made contact with, with Hertz at the, about the five or six and then did the pull. Hey, I'm going to get the ball. I'm going to get the ball. He's the a 240 first. pound running back slash quarterback. Why did you know he could squat 600 pounds? Yeah, exactly. He, and, he and, squatted. And, and, he squatted and you're, the, the you're the first defender there. Yes, you exactly. Him. The second defender is the one who's going for the rip. Yes. And again, and it doesn't have to be seen instead of Bynum all the time. I thought we were going to get some of these yeah. three safety looks. I mean, do we really like, are, are we going to miss Chandon Sullivan in the slot that much so far? I mean, they've, I think he's been targeted probably six, like 14 or 15 times through the first two games. Again, he hasn't given up huge plays, but it's always open in the slot and it's definitely not all Sullivan's fault. It's probably a lot of the scheme, but yeah, get, get your best players on the field. I think that's what we're kind of arguing about here on both sides of the field. Put your best people in the best position to succeed because like we just kind of touched about on, on your last one, like there, there isn't a plethora of elite players that we can just trot out there. This isn't the, the Rams F them picks kind of people, you know, like they're, <laughs> they're going to have to get some more out of these players. And if they, if they aren't putting their most talented players on the field, it is a little frustrating. Again, we're two weeks in. Yeah. We're not trying to, to jump to too Deep many breath. conclusions. If, if, yeah, exactly. If we can't do this for 15 more weeks if we're all going to flip out every time <laughs> something goes wrong. 
Things are going to go wrong. Things will go right again, hopefully, too. But it, it, there are going to be other games like this. Hopefully not as bad on a lot of different fronts, but it's it's going to be difficult going forward. So, yeah, but again, it's I think as long as the this team can take the lessons that they learned from this ass-kicking, basically, the, uh, on Monday night, then I think they're in okay shape. Yeah. But if, if they can't change with uh, with how they're being scouted, it's going to be a long season. Yeah, agreed. All right, next question. Eric, what would a loss to Detroit mean for the 2022 season? Well, I could tell you what it would mean for uh, Vikings Twitter. I mean, like, I, I, I wish I could have saved, like, a bunch of the tweets from last Sunday. You know, like, all the positive response, like, oh, you know, I don't know how many times I saw throughout different social media posts where it's like, you know, this, I have a, I have just a feeling about this team. Like, this, I, all the vibes and all the good, you know, like, that's like, the, this team just feels different. Oh, the, they, they started the slime, off the bat. The MVP. Uh, yeah, the slime. Kevin O'Connell yeah. getting the, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. It was all good vibes. And I bet those exact same people were j- b- jumping off the bandwagon last night. Well, season's over. You know, they, the Kirk sucks. Everyone sucks. We're, they're, they're, they're getting all coached, outplayed. So, again, it's something in the middle. But another loss at home to Detroit, who, again, I think they're a much improved team. And if you want to talk about good vibes, we'd, I, we've had some uh, – Twitter best you know DM conversations in our groups about you know how what a culture Dan Campbell has built and and again he is the, he's the he's the bell of the ball he got on hard knocks he says he's he is the football guys football guys crush you know like he is that that guy but I still think the Lions are still a year or two away from being true contenders that offense looks good they they're going to put up some points and if the defense doesn't make some adjustments it could be a very long day for the Vikings defense. But if they lose that at home on Sunday, I think it, it starts to kind of make you have to change your perspective because then it's going to London, to New Orleans. Then you're turning around on a, on a lot of travel. And again, like the Vikings should be favored in the next three games. So if, but if they start off that streak and uh, with, with a loss, it, it's uh, the, there will be a lot of gnashing and teeth and, and wailing and, and complaining. And I can't say I can uh, complain it because that's that, the, the Vikings should beat the Lions. I think they're five and a half point favorites, even though I think they opened at seven. But after Monday night, I'm sure it dropped a, a point or two. But so it's it should be an interesting game. It should be a fun game. I think it should be a, a back and forth. Probably I'd probably go with the over. But uh, uh, yeah, it it I, I don't want to find out what a loss would mean. So let's <laughs> let's hope they take care. of Yeah. Me. Well, you know, I asked this question because we're kind of playing Detroit at the wrong time. You know, if we win. Oh, it's just Detroit. If we lose, I feel like a lot of people are going to jump on that Lions bandwagon. And it's for me, I I think Detroit has shown enough. They played one close, one close loss, one close win. Well, 14 points, but it got a little close there at the end. I think they're competitive and beating a competitive team should be praised. So I think a win should allow us to take Minnesota very seriously and, and treat the Eagles game as a flip on the radar. At the same time, narrative don't die that easy, and the Lions are the the Lions. So it's gonna it's gonna cause a little bit of shockwaves. And I don't think it's just on Twitter. I don't think it's in the national media. I think it's in the locker room too, where they went where they're going into this game at home expecting a win. So you better go get it. You better go prove that you can recover from a bad road loss against in a game that you should win. And we'll see yeah. what happens. 
And yeah, and all of those aforementioned great vibes in the preseason after week one, it's going to be hard to come by in the locker room if they if they lose two yeah. in a row like that. For sure. All right, my yeah, last question for you: fine. Adversity is good. Go for it. Exactly. For it. Yes, they they weren't going to go seventeen and zero. We knew that. Sorry, this my last question kind of rolls in uh, to the kind of piggybacks on yours. After the next two games here, what will the Vikings' record be when they return from London after the Saints game? Oof. The easy answer is one and one, right? We're we're two and two. We beat either Detroit or New Orleans. Um, so that's probably the answer. I will say the second most likely scenario is that we win both and we're three and one. I think we've seen enough from you know our our offensive talent and our defensive talent in previous seasons, not just this season, to say that we should beat Detroit and New Orleans, or at least there's a more than 50% chance that we win both of those games. And then obviously the doomsday scenario is if we lose those. So I will say the record will be, I'll I'll say two and two, but I'm leaning towards that three and one that Brian just put in the comments. What about you? I'm still leaning towards three and one, but if if they do lose that game on Sunday, and especially if they look anywhere near as bad as they did on Monday Mm -hmm. night, it's a short week against an up and coming team. There's definitely that scenario. Then you go into yeah. London with things uh, kind London. of falling off. And the Saints, who knows? I mean, last time we played the Saints, it was a lot different defense, but uh, Mr. Kamara scored six touchdowns. So uh, I would rather not see that again. So, yeah, that's it's. I could all three are definitely on the table. I'll keep my uh, purple colored glasses on for a little longer and I'll stay three and one. I don't feel great about it. I wouldn't bet on it, but I think that's what they're. What they're is, is two and two a failure? Like, no, and, you're and, still in it. But, the order is important here because if they lose to Detroit and then beat New Orleans in London, that's a lot different than if they beat Detroit and then come back from London with a loss. So it, it'll be really interesting. This is a great time to uh, find out what's actually going to happen with the 2022 Vikes. Yeah, it's an exciting time of year. As, as bad as Monday was, there's still plenty of football to uh, get, to throw all sorts of takes on it. Dave, are you three and one? I'm favoring three and one. Yes. Could they be two okay. and two? Yes. Could they be one and three? Yes. But See, I'm gonna, so we I'm played the, the Vikings, positive. and then we ended the show with the purple colored glasses. Y'all want to see? Y'all calling us Debbie Downers <laughs> at the start of the show? Three and one, baby. They're going to correct it. This <laughs> we'll is that one gimme game. Season long. Yes. Uh, yeah. Hey, neither neither of those two games are in a in prime time, so or yeah. technically on the road, so we're great. That's all I got. Just beat Detroit, Eric. You got anything to close? Nope. Uh, we're, we're but we're ex- we're excited. Uh, yeah, just just next game next game up. Let's throw a, the throw the tape out on Monday. There's not a lot of great stuff to talk about. Uh, hopefully next week at this time we'll have a, a W to talk about. Dave. Uh, remember, if you're in the Twin Cities area on the 29th at Lake Monster Brewing, our partner, they're having the Monster Bash with a, a special cave of six different unannounced brews that they have, along with their apple, hot apple cider and live entertainment starting at 1 o'clock in the afternoon going into the wee hours of the evening. Should be a great time. And for Climbing the Pocket, tomorrow we have Vikings Happy Hour with a special guest 
from Detroit, no less. And we're going to be talking about that. Uh, we are talking with former player and special guest. Pardon me. Uh, Don't leave us hanging. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Glover. What's his first name? Uh, Glover Quinn. Quinn. Glover Quinn. Quinn. Glover, Glover Quinn, yes. Glover Quinn. Glover Quinn. And uh, so we're going to have Glover Quinn tomorrow night on Happy Hour. It should be interesting. We'll be looking at what he thinks of the new Detroit Lions kumbaya yeah. in there. Re- you know, Restore the to, roar. Yep. 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 Oh, rainbows and butterflies. And all how that's going. And then, of course, myself <laughs> and Darren, your two old bloggers on Saturday with your pregame show. For the Vikings and Detroit, nobody cares about a lack of false starts. Just tell me, tell <laughs> do. what do you want? Do. The, what do you want the coaches to say in the in the film room? You think they're going to sit down and just watch everybody stay still and, and say good job? Come on, yeah, they're going to put a gold star up that. on the board. Hey, offensive yep. line, gold star. star, boom, gold star. Hey, give him a give, him, give him a helmet Garrett. sticker. Garrett Bradbury, hang the banner, a 60 PFF grade. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we got to get out of here before we get in trouble. All right, we'll see everyone next week. Uh, Thank you so much for – I love that someone suggested Ted Glover. It's going to be the guest tomorrow. Okay, great work in the comments, everyone. Love it. Love you following along, and we will see you next time. Skull. Skull. Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell, and rate us on your favorite aggregator. And a special shout-out goes to our partners, The Daily Norseman, where the best Vikings content can be found, and to Lake Monster Brewing, home of the best beer in Minnesota. Skull, everybody. Skull, everybody.